focus on two topics today. One is fish and insects, and the other is checking for insects on Shabbos. Probably be a little bit shorter today. Um, and so let's jump in about fish with in, uh, 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 insects and fish. So we've been talking about insects in fruit and vegetables, and we spoke about the many isurim, the many prohibitions that exist uh, when a person uh, could, uh, for a person to eat. Insects. Okay, so on page 271, we're going to skip over a Gemara that he quotes because it's a complicated Gemara. But to appreciate this next line we're going to see in the Shulchan Aruch, we have to understand as follows. There's a discussion regarding bugs, which we did not really, we touched upon it very briefly, and that is uh, there is a distinction made in the Gemara, the Gemara Chulin, which discusses fruit and vegetables and bugs, distinguishes between bugs that come from the outside of the fruit or those that, are je- that come from the inside of the fruit. Okay? So the idea being that if there are bugs or insects which are some way like part, kind of developing as, as the fruit develops as opposed to an insect which clearly develops outside and then enters the fruit, the, the, the insects that develop with, from within the fruit are not considered forbidden. Now the reason I didn't get into that is because most folks can say, uh, we don't really know which ones are coming from the inside, coming from the outside. So basically, you find a veg- I mean, you could theoretically figure some of this stuff out, but the bottom line is we find stuff in fruit and vegetables, we treat it stringently, and we say it's forbidden. So you find a fruit, you can say, oh, maybe it came from outside, it doesn't matter. Maybe it came from the soil next to it and entered the, the doesn't matter. We treat it as if it uh, came from the outside, and we treat it as forbidden. There's one area where this discussion does have greater ramifications, and there was a controversy a couple of years ago, uh, for some of you who may remember, around salmon, like many, a whole bunch of mackerel, a whole bunch of fish, uh, that uh, discussion about whether or not there are bug issues within these, uh, within these fish. Sound familiar? Some of you shaking your head, some of you not? Okay, so let's look. So the Gemara basically discusses um, the, the types of, of, of insects within fish and makes a couple of distinctions. We'll see how the Shulchan Aruch, we'll look at page 271, and this is how the Shulchan Aruch rules and explain where its ruling is coming from. Uh, so the Shulchan Aruch says, Vanimtsaim bedagim. If there are insects found in the intestines of the fish, asurim, they are forbidden. However, if you find the insects between the skin and the flesh, or even in the flesh, they are permitted. Now, where is the Gemara getting, where is the Shulchan Aruch getting this distinction from? It's based on the Gemara that precedes this. The Gemara basically says that if there are insects, presumably insects come uh, from within, then they are going to be all over the animal, including the intestines of the animal. If they're coming from the outside, then presumably they're burrowing their way through the flesh, and therefore they're going to be found in the skin or between the skin and the flesh and in the flesh, but they won't be found in the intestines. So basically, Gemara is distinguishing bugs found in the intestines. You could assume they are internal, uh, excuse me, they are external, excuse me, External, I said it wrong. I'm sorry. If they are from in the intestines, the assumption is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I said it completely upside down. Uh, if they're in the intestines, then the assumption is they ate something and something came into their intestines and that's where the, the bugs are coming. They're coming from the outside and therefore they are forbidden. Whereas, excuse me, if they are in the skin or in the flesh, then they are just part of the animal and they are not pro- prohibited. That's the basic distinction that the Shulchan Aruch makes based on a complicated Gemara in Chulin. Okay, I apologize for saying it backwards the first time. And that's where the Gemara lands, okay? Um, let's just read the, the English of the, if you look on page 271, there's a paragraph in, I don't know what color this is, uh, this yellowish peach, thank you, thank you, peach. Uh, this peach, so if you look at the second paragraph, uh, the authors write like this. The problem is that in this case, though, scientific research shows that these anisaki worms actually originate from outside the fish and then enter the intestines, and then the stomach. After the fish is dead, they often then begin to borrow from the stomach through the flesh of the fish. If so, 
Perhaps they should have the status of forbidden insects, despite the Gemara's lenient ruling, since they clearly originate from outside the fish and enter the fish from the stomach, enter the flesh from the stomach. This discrepancy between the ruling of the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch and the scientific facts has created a major halachic controversy among contemporary poskim. So what they're pointing out over here is as follows. It, it, the, if you read the Gemara, it says, and the Shulchan Aruch, what it says is that you find bugs in the intestines. You know they came from the outside. They find them in the flesh. They must have come from the inside. They're just originating from the, from, from the, ins, from, from the fish itself. The poskim do, the, the, we now know that that's not entirely true. We now know that there are insects that are entering the intestines, but then they leave the intestines and they start burrowing their way into the flesh. And by the time we see them, by the time you kill the fish and now you have a fish in front of you, there are insects that are found not in the intestines, but they're found just in the flesh. And we now know that they're actually coming from outside. So you would say, based on this, that if you were to find an insect, these types of insects, which we know came from the intestines and then made their way into the flesh, that would mean the, 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 the bugs are forbidden, in which case the fish has to be checked properly and the bugs have to be removed, right? Which would make a lot of sense, right? This is actually how the Shevet HaLevi, Rav, uh, Rav Wozner, uh, rules. If you look at the source 24, he says, rak, So he's, he's discussing the, this, this idea that now we are aware of the fact that there are insects, there are parasites really that come into the, into the intestines and then make their way into the flesh. So the Gemara though told us, that insects found in the flesh are permitted. Okay, right? And yet we know that those insects are coming from the outside. So the way that Rav Uzner deals with this is by saying, that that they said in the Gemara, they were referring to a certain type of insect which they knew about, uh, which, which, was, which was known, that specifically comes from the flesh itself. But in ger- terms of a regular worm, a worm that is not a reference to the one that they were talking about, the Gemara. And we don't have the knowledge to know as the insect that we are looking at, the one that they were talking about by the, by the sages were talking about, we have no right to be permissive. So basically, Rav is dancing around and he's saying they are referring to a specific insect that they knew specifically originated from within the animal. They weren't talking about a generic insect that if you find this generic insect that it's going to be permitted. They were saying a specific one, that's the one they were talking about. But if we have an insect over here and we don't know if it's that specific one, then we have to assume it's forbidden, right? Now, with me, in other words, part of this is premised on the idea, which as we'll see, some posts can later have an issue, and that is that perhaps this worm, this Anasaki, I think that's how to pronounce it, uh, insect or parasite that we are aware of that exists within salmon and other common fish, um, white fish and other fish, um, is something which maybe didn't exist back then or maybe wasn't within, you know, their, their, bio- their changes, and maybe it wasn't around then, because if it was around, it'd be kind of strange that our sages would talk about something and make such a clear distinction Right? If, if there are insects that are indeed going to be forbidden if they're found in the flesh. Right? So it must be they're talking about a very specific insect. And they were not talking about other worms, other insects that existed um, that, that we know of nowadays or now that, that, are, that, that develop nowadays, that are now in fish nowadays. And therefore, there's no contradiction between science and the Gemara they're suggesting. The Gemara was talking about an insect that existed back then. And we are now aware of a new insect. And therefore, Rav Uzner and others say, fish which has this Anasaki worm, cannot be eaten unless those worms are removed, which is a, a very, very, very complicated procedure to go ahead and remove. It's one thing if you have lettuce, if you have strawberries and you let them soak, etc. But the fish, you can imagine, is burrowed into the, into, you know, deep into your piece of salmon, right? 
And now you're going to go ahead and, you know, how do you get it out? How do you get it out? So, it was, sorry? So apparently you could, the, the, the right type of light box, apparently it can be seen, but apparently it's not very easy to do. But this is the way that many post came, and this was a big discussion uh, where many post came out. Um, or, uh, okay, different, different post and different Rav Yashiv and, and, and Rav Gershon Bess. Uh, many people use Rav Gershon Bess as, uh, you know, he's the one who writes the Star K Cosmetics or, um, you know, so these are, these are major post who basically said, you know, salmon, which has anisaki worm, cannot be eaten because most of us have no idea how to clean it out and therefore forget about it. Don't and, um, they did distinguish between salmons. I'm not sure which one, um, but the, you're, you're right. Uh, there, there was a distinction made between between some of them. Halibut, flounder. I mean, these are these are fish that are typically eaten. Have this type of worm, and basically that's that's how they ruled. And again, what's 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 so fascinating about this case? What I wanted to share is because you know you have a gemara which makes a very clear distinction, and now you have some science which is you know our knowledge is basically telling us something which is different. So. How do we reconcile that? This is a question which comes up in a couple of different places uh, in Halacha, where, where, the, where the ruling was based on a certain understanding, and now we're faced with some new knowledge. How do you deal with you know, reconciling these two things? The way Rav Vosner did so is by saying, implying that they were talking about a very specific insect, but not talking about all insects, right? Uh, but again, that, it's, it's strange. It's strange that they, the Gemara would do so because it leads us to a, a faulty understanding. You know, if you read the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch alone, it would tell you. You find a bug in the flesh, it's totally fine. And Rav are saying, no, 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 no. They were talking about a very specific bug. But if there's another type of bug that maybe they weren't talking about, then it would be problematic, right? Which is a little bit hard to understand. Yes? Two questions. So first of all, Yet we know, yet we know. Yeah, the whole premise is based on, on something faulty. And then the other thing is that usually, I feel like science is more makeup. Like usually we learn science, like, well, actually there's a distinction. Here it seems the opposite of science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. So of course we're going to go with science. So our knowledge... Uh, yeah, it depends. I, I'm not. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that as a sweeping comment. But over here, yes, based on our knowledge, it would definitely make more stringencies. And again, many of these fish would be forbidden. Yes. Um, so actually, yeah, oh, second point. I was definitely it's, it's kind of bothering me. It's like it's like Hazar picking and choosing what science to use and when to use it. So it's a, it's a little um, disconcerting. So I don't have. A, I can't think of an example. You probably didn't okay. So yeah, we can we, we, we can have an entire class or two or three on on this uh, on the clash sometimes between the two. I don't think it's as common as we think. Uh, my, my my opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, there are there are cases where sometimes uh, it, it would lead in a different direction. But over here, the point is they're saying, listen. I mean, it's very logical, right? Meaning, Ravuzner's point is very logical. The bottom line is. There, these bug, we know where these bugs are coming from. We know they are not originating within the salmon, right? So it's a bug. It's a full-fledged bug. How in the world are you going to eat it? Yes, Helene. Um, I remember, because it's been a long time, that there was a fish that, I think it's from New Zealand, that the rabbis would have to go on the boat because they would fillet them and check them on the boat because of all the bugs and whatever. And um, so they only sold, they didn't sell them fresh. It was only frozen mm -hmm. and only filleted. I don't, remember I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. After all this, who wants to eat this? That's what I was going to say. But there are... Your cup of water over there has little organisms. Coffee over there has tiny little organisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are big. You could, you could, you, they can be found. They can be found. Yes. They're not microscopic. No, 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 no. Again, halachically, we're not, you know, last, if you recall, we had probably the most controversial area-bound bugs was the little things you could see, but you can't see the move. We're not talking about that. Over here, these are... 
You could see them. You could see them. Yes. Um, he was talking about whitefish specifically, but but it would be true for again. I don't know the entire list. Like all fish is now, according to this ruling, would be suspect or depend on the level. I, I believe there. I believe there are specific. Yeah, we we'd go back to the original. We'd go back to that original. I don't, I don't know the full list. Meaning, I, I don't believe tuna was in this uh, was in this category. Um, although tuna has its no, own sorry, discussions. Uh, I I don't know the entire list, but but there are certain fish that would be included in this. Now. Let, let, let's turn the page, and we don't have the, the, if you turn the page to the OU policy, and this is, you know what we, okay, let's just read it, and then you'll tell me, you'll tell me if you'll keep on eating fish. So, Rebelsky confirmed unequivocally, okay, if this, this, they just quoted, the OU policy remains, there is no checking necessary, and no prohibition of the worms found in the wild salmon and other fish, in accordance with your Adea 8416, which we just read, for the following reason. Shulchan Aruch does not limit the, person, the permissibility of tolayim, parasites found in the flesh of fish, to any species of tolas, right? In other words, Ravazar is coming along and saying, oh yeah, yeah, they permitted it, but that was a very specific type. Oh, now we're talking about Anasaki worms? No, 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 they weren't talking about that. Shulchan Aruch didn't specify, just said, you find a bug in the intestine, it's a problem. You find a bug in the flesh, it's not a problem. The Allah states that tolas found in the flesh of a fish is mutter. Because of the rule, and here he adds another piece, which, which the Gemara that's quoted over here is not included, of minei gavli. Okay, so the, the, the translation I have over here is not, I, I, I don't think it's so accurate. That, that the parasite found in the flesh of the fish is permissible since it grew bigger in the fish. What does that mean? What that means is something a little bit deeper than that. It's not just that the parasite grew bigger in the fish. The argument is, this: the, the Gemara in, in, invokes this idea, mine gavli, that, um, that, again, it's almost distinguished between a parasite and, and an insect and a bug. A parasite is basically, it's becoming, uh, it, it almost like assumes the identity, right? A parasite basically, it assumes, it, 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 its own identity is kind of subsumed within the fish itself. As it grows, which it does within the fish, it basically saps all its, ener- the, all its energy from the fish. And therefore, it's almost like we could consider it almost like part of the fish to some extent. That's what a way of understanding, I mean, Nate not just that it grows bigger, that's... That, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the simon, that's the indication that something's happening. But essentially, it is growing with the fish. It's a parasite, not just a worm. It's not just in there. It's part of it. Since it's part of it, I don't know if this makes it more disgusting or not for you, but that's not the point over here. We're asking halakhically, since it's part of it, it therefore now assumes the identity of the salmon or the other fish. And therefore, halakhically, he's suggesting halakhically what the Gemara is saying, anything found in the flesh by definition, it's something which is a parasite, something which is de- developing within the fish itself and through the fish and through the meat of the fish, and therefore it's part of the fish and therefore permitted. Okay? That's the rationale, he says, and therefore, Rebelsky said to Rashi, the using the term gavul to mean that it became bigger, and he understood this to mean even if the worm originated and was visible to the naked eye outside of the fish, it would be permitted if it grew in the, fre- in the fish flesh. Rebelsky felt there's uh, no reason to believe that Tulayim present, uh, presents today are any different from Tulayim discussed in Chulin and Shulchan Aruch, Rebelsky felt this reason itself was sufficient to permit the matter. Okay, but, and he added additional reasons to permit. Okay, and this is what I think, anyone here have salmon yesterday? Anyone else have salmon in the past week or two or three? Yeah, so many of us rely on this. It's shocking. Let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tremendous novelty. He's basically, uh, again, the Gemara does incorporate this, 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 this Rashi, which he's quoting. Not everyone agrees that that's the way to read Rashi. And that's what Rashi's telling us, that a parasite becomes subsumed into the flesh. Uh, but that is a rationale that we're basing it upon. Um, the notion that there's new knowledge over here that may have not been known is probably more uh, logical. But Rebelsky is not willing to entertain such a thing. And I think it's fair to say that most of us rely on this. Anyone here not eat fish? I'd be very... Yeah, okay. But I think... Not the, for those reasons. Yeah. Not for those reasons. Okay, okay. That's uh, Yes, Gary. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Karen. So this whole thing on number 25, is that, be, is that like a busy ever? Because on page 271, it says, like, his idea was, once the Gemara and the Shulchan Aras say, you know, they're matured, then we can't be authored. So is this a, is this a, is this prima facie argument? Or is this only in order to bolster that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, a pretty it's, a, it's a very novel idea. It's a very novel. Again, he's, he's not, he's, he's, he, is, he does say that, but he also does bolster his points from an interpretation, this idea of the parasite as opposed to the worm. Like, yeah. Well, well I, I, again, let's, let's, let's spell this out. He's saying the Gemara, he's not willing to entertain. I mean, the premise probably, starting point, is he's not willing to entertain. The Gemara did not, was not aware of these things. And one of the points Rebelsky, Rebelsky, you have to appreciate, was, was an incredibly knowledgeable person, you know, outside of, 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 of Torah. Like, he was very, very, very knowledgeable, much more so than many other poskim. And he points out, and this is a, a very strong point, that the Anisaki worm was around forever. Like, the, the, we have indication, historical, you know, indication that this was around. And the fact that no one's talking about this he suggests, I mean, you know, the, the, Rav Vazner, though he doesn't spell it out, basically implies, oh, they weren't really talking about this bug. He's saying, it can't be. It can't be. This bug was around, or this insect, this parasite was around all this time, and therefore, they must have been aware of it. And the fact that they did not specify and qualify must be that they really didn't include this. Now he has to figure out why, right? So, okay, he's, so this is not like, in general, I, I, anytime the Gemara says something... Like this is I, I wouldn't entirety. take those words. I, I, with all due respect to the authors of this, I, it's not the entirety of his of his of his piece. You have to see like the entire. Yeah, that would be a pretty bold statement. But again, is it part of it? There's that whole idea of like once you, even if your chicken's trafe, if you've gone to the rub and he said it's kosher, it's kosher. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, is, is that yeah. where it's coming from? I, 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 I'm not. I, 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 I don't think that's the entirety of it. Okay. And because he may again, there's a number of points that make sense. Let's let's, let's quickly review. Just I want to then I'll come to your question. I'm sorry. Um, but again. The simple read of the, 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 the Gemara tells us and the Shulchan Aruch rules that any insect found in the intestines are prohibited because they came from outside the fish, whereas those found in the flesh of the fish or the, between the flesh and the skin are from within and therefore permitted. However, we now know that there are many insects, specifically Anasaki parasite worm, that is found in the flesh of the fish, which certainly came from the outside. You can see it with the naked eye uh, going into the fish and then making its way from the intestines into the flesh itself. What do we do with that? There are post who therefore say it is forbidden, understandably, because at the end of the day we know it comes from the outside. Even though the Shulchan Aruch said in the flesh is not prohibited, but they said clearly if it comes from outside it's a problem, and therefore they say it's a problem. There are other post who for a number of reasons, let's just spell out those reasons. One, they point out, and I'll start with this one, that the, the Anasaki worm existed in the times of Chazal. They existed, they, there's, there's historical data that talks about this worm. Again, it's not something you need a microscope to see. It's something you could see with the naked eye. They knew about this. And yet, in the Shulchan Aruch, they didn't specify and say, this worm, yes, this worm, no. Clearly, they're making a sweeping statement. So what's the rationale to say that if it's found in the flesh, even though, even though we know where it came from, and again, how he reads the Gemara is a good, uh, fair point, uh, but his argument is that with these types of worms, they're not just worms, they're parasites, and if it's a parasite, then it basically subsumes the identity of the fish and is therefore permitted, and I think that's uh, safe to say that everyone in this room uh, eats fish and fish that presumably have these worms, and you can, if you, you could probably see them, uh, if you, you know, check it out, but uh, these worms exist. If you see a worm in your fish, you probably don't want to eat it, but, but typically we miss it. It's stuck in the flesh, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, therefore, uh, based on this ruling, many of us rely upon this not to eat, uh, to, to yes, eat uh, flounder, mackerel, and salmon, and all the fish that we love to eat. Yes, sorry. Yeah, because I'm saying all the native 
organizations certified patients yeah. by Stanman and Marcus Maiden and uh, you know all the stores here. That's the Star K. Yep. And then all the trophy fish by the you know Hop K and the Yogi. Yeah, I believe in Israel there are agencies which don't. I believe, and based on Rav Yashiv and others. Uh, but yeah, the normative approach in America certainly is that. We rely on this. Uh, there's, uh, uh, I don't know whose hand was first. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay, so how, how, do you know how prevalent these infections are? I think we, ha- I assume that for this even to be a discussion, we'd have to say it's a miyot hamatsui, which we put, right? There's three categories we talked about last week. There is like almost never, but it could happen. There is like infested over a majority, anything over a majority. And then there is between 10 and 49%, or 5 and 10 and 49%, which is called miyot hamatsui, which is, like it's common enough that it's a concern. I believe we're in that middle category, five, five to forty-nine uh, percent, that there is a real concern, like we have with other types of items. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Thank Adrian. You. Yeah. Oh, sure. There's no distinction between cooked and raw. That was my question. What would the distinction be? I don't know. I, don't I would think, think that cooked. maybe the cooked is your. At least it's dead. That takes that takes care of some of these surum, but not all of them, right? It's 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 uh yeah, dead bugs are better than live bugs, uh, but uh, but it's still halakhically problematic. So you know, I don't I don't think the post I don't know of post can distinguish between those two. Um, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. So then the whole idea of buying salmon anywhere because you can identify with the skin and everything mm-hmm. is there an issue then because. No, the Some same, the same, the same salmon. I mean, this issue doesn't exist. We have the, you know, Star this issue won't exist. So. Yeah, yeah. So the same, the same issue. Anyone buying salmon? The, the Star K is salmon is not checked. It's just, it's just, it's not okay, checked for bugs. Say it has to be Atlantic salmon. With Star K, as opposed to wild salmon. Okay, or okay. Farm-raised. Interesting. Okay, uh, Cyril and Lisa. Yeah. All right. So, so then there's this question of functionality. You know. So, um, so you go to the store and you get a chunk of salmon or cod or whatever vegetable, you know, fish of your choice. How do you check? Mm-hmm. No, we don't. Or, or how? No, no, no. I'm asking you the question. How do you check? Is there a way to check? Yeah. Okay, so if you'd like to check, which again, I'm telling you, I don't check and you don't have to check, but if you'd like to check, right, based on what we're seeing over here, the vast majority, uh, certainly the American halakhic authorities are saying, based on their rationale, you do not have to check. So I'm not recommending anyone check, but if a person wants to check, um, I'm told it's very complicated, but the first step would be uh, like, a, like a light box, one of those boxes which like shine an incredible amount of light. Um, but I'm saying you don't have to, <laughs> right? I, 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 you, you, forgive me for being um, sarcastic, which is, is there going to be glass fish? In theory, there would have been, but again, <laughs> I'm not saying you have to check. <laughs> so, so once I, you know, look, I, I, I would, I would point out uh, that. I, I would like to see, you know, you know, a picture would be really nice. Sure. I'm getting Yeah. We don't want to. I, I, I am happy. I chose not to share. I chose not to share bug pictures. I know some of you did on the on the chat. I am happy to, um, despite uh, getting some uh, pushback over here. But I am happy, they, they, and hopefully we'll have someone next week. Many of the bugs we're talking about, you, you, you can see, I've, I've, I've seen these bugs, uh, you know, um, that, well, not, not, I haven't, you could find pictures of them on fish as well, but I, I'm sure I could find it. You can find anything on the internet. Bugs on, bugs on plants, you know, hey, that's easy. It's just yeah. bugs on fish. It's yeah. I, 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 I don't think the debate, I just want, just want to, meaning there, there is some debate, and we talked about last week, of those who say you don't have, you know, different level, you know, maybe you don't have to, and what to rely upon. The, the debate usually is not, do they exist or don't they exist? It's like, do we have to be cautious about it? Do they exist or not? Google it. 
Right. And, uh, with, with caution. With caution. Yes. They say yes. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm under, I'm under the impression that there are there are postkim in Israel, which I mean, Rav Vosner clearly was opposed to this, and he's one of the major postkim of Yashiv. Um, but I don't know. I don't know offhand which which don't. Again, normative. Just want to be super clear. Normative approach across certainly in America and in many places in Israel is wheat fish. Right. Yes. So if you go fishing, let's just say, and you pull out a trout mm-hmm. or a mackerel, whatever. Right. Yeah, if you see a bug, take it out, but otherwise, yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. You could just eat that fish. Absolutely, yes. I have a problem back with the first step in this, and that is why there's a difference between the whether it's the meat coming in, the, whether it came from the outside, or whether it developed the inside the fish. Because if we, we went through the beginning, these, these what, six or seven mm-hmm. isurim. Right. So how can it be that all of a sudden you decide, well, like, you know, if a fly came here, I'm not allowed to eat it. Right. So, so why would I be allowed to eat it just because it develops in the... So, so, so the truth is, it's true for fruit and vegetables as well. I just, again, I glossed over it deliberately because it's, it's the postgame almost gloss over it and it turns, they discuss it, but point out with fruit and vegetables, it's almost impossible to know. Maybe yes, maybe no. And therefore, the ruling has always been, we just assume it comes from the outside. Um, but the, it's based on a pasuk. It's based on a pasuk. I mean, it's like Zeris Akasuk, where basically uh, the, the, Gemara, the same Gemara which taught, lists the, the term does limit it, does qualify it with this idea. If it comes from the outside, it's a problem. If it comes, originates from within, then it's not going to be a problem. So, I, I, I ask, the why? The pasuk. This is how Chazam, meaning the Gemara. The Gemara interprets a pasuk in the Torah to mean this. Could you have read the pasuk differently? Could be, but this is I mean the same way we have Hilchah Shop, meaning it's a it's a it's a it's it's a drasha of Chazal, which we which yeah, it, it, there is a whole section over here, but it's so it's so aside from fish, it doesn't and even then, as we saw, it doesn't even play a role. But with fruit and vegetables, the post game ultimately after you could have a whole discussion. You could you, you could read the section inside here. He has he has they have a little section here, uh, but ultimately then the, the conclusion is, but we don't distinguish because it's too hard for us, so we just assume all bugs are coming from the outside. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yes, and then we'll go, let's go further. questions, not insect questions. Okay. Okay, so we always only eat whole fish. Okay. Okay. My husband opened the fish once, so one time there was another fish inside that fish. Obviously, the fish cool. is eating it. Okay. Can you eat that fish? And another time, it was a pregnant fish, and there was like, oh, and I assume that was caviar, all these eggs, and people were like, oh, it's caviar. Like, yeah, so... The, the, certainly, if it's, if, it's, if it's its own fish, there'd be no problem. I mean, if it's own, its own right. species, if it's different species, you're saying if it's a non-kosher species? I don't know. It, if it's, it's a kosher a species, it's for sure okay. If it's a non-kosher species, does it assume a new identity? I, 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 there is some like discussion about when it does. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If it's a different yeah, type of fish that's not kosher, I'm not 100. I don't know. Ooh. I'm not sure. It didn't occur to me it was kind of kosher. That so is... Whole that's and pretty it, cool. It, like, it must have... Find a ruby. No yeah. No okay. So, ladies and ladies, ladies and gentlemen, ladies. Okay. Let's let's uh, let's let's do one more section, and then again next week. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have someone from the Star K. Um, and what, whether we do or we don't, after this, we're going to do a quick review of this entire book. And then for those who want, those who are brave, we're going to have a test, and then we're going to start a new topic. But let's just last section we want to see is checking uh, bugs, checking at uh, ins- checking. Excuse me, I'm really sorry. Checking fruit and vegetables uh, for bugs on Shabbos. Okay, so let's do a quick review of two possible issues that might exist in checking for bugs on Shabbos. Anyone know what those what those issues would be? Borer. Borer. Okay, so what is borer? Borer is 
um, what you know, if when people think about Shabbos, this is my, my one of my pet peeves about Shabbos. So people, what's the, what's the halacha that people think about? What's forbidden on Shabbos? Well, muksa. I don't know. When my kids, when they when I say something forbidden, they're like, oh, it's muksa. No, muksa. Let's let's put our hierarchy of Shabbos prohibitions. Muksa is a rabbinic prohibition. Okay. You know, when we think about muksa, which is the issue on Shabbos, people are like, I can't, sir, I can't move this, I can't do that. Muksa, sometimes it's muksa, right? But muksa is a rabbinic prohibition. There are 39 biblical prohibitions, which unfortunately we're far less aware of and don't think about as much. Some of them come up a lot. Uh, one of them is borer. Borer comes up often. Borer means to separate, okay? Um, that is seen as a malacha, it's seen as work, uh, to go ahead and start separating things one from the other. We don't have the time to unpack uh, the entirety of like what's allowed, what's not allowed. It's an extensive discussion onto its own. Maybe that'll be the topic for the next, uh, the next book. We'll see. Uh, but it comes up a lot. Uh, let's say, for example, just give you a small example. If let's say you are uh, putting away silverware, not setting a table, because then you're going to be putting away silverware and you start putting silverware, the forks and the fork thing and the knife and the knife thing and the spoon and the spoon thing, putting it away is borer. It's a biblical prohibition. This is not, this is like, this is, Right? People don't think about this. We're cleaning up a game. The other night, we played a game with the kids, and then there's the red cards and the blue cards. And the way you clean up on Chavez, when you're done the game, is you kind of just mush it all together. And hopefully someone remembers before the next time to, to, to separate it again. Okay? When you're setting up the game, it's a different story. But when you're putting things away, that's a problem. The, the basic permissiba- permissibility of Borer is that there are three principles um, when it's allowed. One is you're taking the good from the bad. You're taking what you want from what you don't want. Okay? And the other two things are miyad and biyad. Miyad means for immediate or close usage. You want to use it nowish. And biyad, and you're separating it with your hands. So for example, let's say I have a thing of silverware and I want to put out forks, right? So, or whatever, I have a thing of silverware, so I, I, I want to take what I want. Let's say I'm setting the table, right? Let's go back to that example. So I'm setting the table and um, let's say they're mixed together. If they're already in their compartments, there's no separating. But let's say they're all mushed together in the dishwasher and they're all together and you want to set the table. So as long as you're setting the table, it's within, I don't know, an hour or so before the meal. It's within the amount of time it takes to set up for a meal. You're taking what you want. You're separating it with your hands. And you're taking the good from the bad. You're taking what you want, the fork, and you're putting it out of the pile. And then you take the knife, you take it out of the pile. That's okay. So again, what you, the good from the bad with your hand, biyad and miyad for immediate, or not even immediate, but soon type of usage. Okay. So let's think about separating. Uh, let's think about cleaning your your. Typically, let's say you take your leaves of lettuce or your strawberries, or whatever it's going to be, and you're going to soak it in uh, in water in solution, right? So what's going to happen? What's going to happen is the bugs are going to be separated from the from the good, right? So basically you drop them in and then the bugs are going to, if there are bugs there, they're going to now like float to the top or float to the bottom and separate from the thing that you want, right? Um, so this is a real, according to most post game, a real issue of borer, of separating in such a case, right? So it's do- you're not doing even though you're not doing it, it's a very fair point, but you're setting up a scenario. It's an excellent question, but you're putting it in, in order which you're setting up like a scenario where it is going, the water is going to cause this separation to take place. Yes. What about, like, what about washing. Uh, no, no, killing. Ah, oh, so the other point, good. So point number two, point number two is depends on what type of solution you're going to use. There'd be another issue, which is on Shabbos, you're not allowed to kill insects, right? Um, typically. Uh, there are exceptional cases, but but typically you're not allowed to kill insects. And so if you go ahead and you create a uh, you know a mixture of water and salt water, you make salt water or vinegar, that's going to kill off the insects. And that is ritzicha. That is you're not allowed to kill an animal on Shabbos, and that would also be a problem, right? So let's let's look. If you turn to page two fifty, let's learn two things inside, and then I'll share. Um, 
some, some possible ways around this. Uh, okay, so let's see. So page 250, page 25. Okay. Um, so he's quoting from the Sefer Akashos, again, a book which he's been quoted, quoted from uh, uh, consistently. He says, Aser Lishtof, it is forbidden to rinse. Ola hashros otosok b'shabes alei chasa. The, the leaves of lettuce, romaine lettuce, vechadome and things like that, bechometz, with vinegar, obemelech, or salt water, lahaster mehematolayim, and lahaster mehematolayim, in order to remove the worms from them. Right? So basically, he's ruling that to use a solution like that, which would kill the insects, you can't kill insects on Shabbos, and therefore that's forbidden. Okay? So that takes care of killing. Let's talk about borer. So if you turn to source 26, haba lechel yurakos operos. A person who wants to eat vegetables or fruit, which need cleaning from bugs on Shabbos. You're allowed to search them. When you find a large insect, you're allowed to remove it. And you don't, you're not in violation of Borer. So here he introduces a new principle from Borer, which is an important principle, which again, we're not really talking about Borer. But there's a discussion always, Borer only applies when you have a mixture. Okay? It's only when things are mixed together. Like I said, if you have your forks in your fork uh, compartments, and you have your knives in your knife compartments, and you take a fork, you take a knife, you didn't do borer, they were separate, right? But how do you define a mixture, right? Let's say you have two things which really have no relationship. Let's say I have sitting over here my, my, my watch and my book, okay? So when I go and I, oh, I, I don't want my book, I want to put the book away. So I take the book out, I take what I don't want, and I put it away. Was I just over, was I just transgressing borer? Why not? Because this... It's not a mixture. It's two things side by side, but they have no rela- we don't see them as a mixture. And therefore, the halacha is if it's a large bug, if it's a large insect, right, then that is not considered a mixture. And therefore, you're allowed to go ahead and take that bug, even though you're taking the bad from the good, even though you're not doing it for immediate usage, whatever it is, you pick up that bug, you could do it with the tweezer, you can do it with whatever, you don't want to kill it, but you can pick it up with whatever you want, and you can remove it because it was never a mixture to begin with. Okay, so one way of dealing with, with borer on Shabbos with, with, uh, with uh, lettuce or things of that nature is you can look through it, look through the lettuce or whatever it is, and you find something large, you can just remove it because it's not really considered mixed in. However, aval charakim ketanim, but if a person finds small insects, there, you have to do, again, another rule of borer is there's a loophole of borer in certain circumstances that if you don't remove the bad alone, but you remove the bad together with some of the good, right? So this sometimes comes up, you have like a little tiny insect in your soup, okay? So to go and just drain, just take the insect itself, problematic. But if you go ahead and you take it with a little bit of soup, Okay, there's a little bit, there's, there's a lot more to, uh, to rely upon. You can continue eating the soup or not. That's your decision. Uh, but okay, <laughs> but that's your call. But, but the point is, uh, the point is over here too. If you have a small insect on the, on the lettuce, whatever it's going to be, then what you're allowed to do is remove it together with, the, with a little bit of the lettuce, a little bit of the fruits, and that would be okay. Now, this would only work if, if it's something which, which could easily be checked without it being soaked first, right? So technically, you could get away with that with lettuce. It's a little hard. It's a little hard because many items in order to properly clean it, you really want to soak it before. So really, strictly speaking, uh, you really want to do is any um, lettuce or fruit or anything like that that you know has bugs, you really should be checking it before Shabbos. And that is the normative approach by most poskim. Uh, the okay, kashras. Uh, I don't actually know who their rub is, but this is a minority view. It's based on, uh, I think, a statement from Shlomo Zaman Orbach. Uh, they do allow, remember there are three categories of, of uh, infestation. There's 
definitely has infestation, like majority. There is like, it definitely doesn't, like an apple, okay? Or maybe it has one bug once, a, you know, once every 500 apples, it has a little bug in it. Um, and then there's the middle ground, which is less than the majority, but it's somewhere in between. There are post who say that one is allowed to soak their lettuce or their straw, well, their, their lettuce um, in, um, in, in water in a solution. Again, it would not be able to be vinegar. It'd have to be soap, which I guess wouldn't kill. It'd have to be like basically water, something a very little minuscule amount of soap, which wouldn't kill off the bugs. You'd be allowed to soak it on Shabbos because because you don't necessarily know that there are bugs there, right? So you'd have to know which category does it fall, and that sometimes fluctuates. But in theory, in theory, so let, sorry, let me just be clear. Ideally, if you know, you know, my, my fridge on shop, you know, we kids with strawberries, so the strawberries always check before Shabbos. That's, you know, so there's a little thing, we have to hide them in the back or else the kids find them and eat the strawberries, like, you know, before we wake up in the morning. Uh, but basically, right, so if you want, so if the stra- those things like that should be checked before, same with lettuce, they should be checked before Shabbos because soaking it on Shabbos is, according to most highly problematic. There are those, if you're really stuck, there are those who say in a case where it's category two, the middle category, where it's not minute, a scenario like an apple or something like that, we don't have to check at all. And it's not something which is the vast majority of times it has insects, but it's something in between. There are those who say you're allowed to soak it, even though some separation may take place because you don't even know for sure that there will be insects over here because it's less than the majority. Again, it's a, it's a minority view. There's what to rely upon if you're really stuck. But ideally, you want to uh, be doing the checking before because to check on Shabbos is, is very tricky. It's hard to check um, without soaking. It's almost it's very difficult to check without first going through a soaking. Um, and therefore, ideally, you want to do the checking before. Yes? So sometimes lettuce has like, either on the bottom, well, if you buy a romaine or mm-hmm. whatever, on the bottom, there's a little brown or around the edge yeah. of the leaves. Great question. So you're allowed to do that, but you have to take it together with the le- with right. some good lettuce. You can't take if you're cutting precisely, that would be problematic. You want it? To- yeah. It is hard to do, but yeah, I'm in theory. So yes, as long as you're doing it together with some of the lettuce, then that's not taking the bad from the good. It's taking a piece, and that's okay. Yes. Great. Great. So good. So there's a major discussion among the post about this. Uh, the the bo- uh, the question is. What about dirt? Okay, let's, so we just talked about bugs. With bugs, you want to ideally check before Shabbos. If you're really stuck, you could soak, and then if you, you look with your hands, you can remove the big ones on their own. A small bug, you have to remove with the fruit or the vegetable. What about dirt? There's dirt on, you know, most of us, I think, wash our fruit before we eat, right? And that's because they're maybe a little dirty, right? So, sorry? And pesticides, yeah, that's it. It's kind of mixture. Ah, so, well, uh, it's there, it's on it, it's part of it. It's, if anything, it's more of a mixture. It's like, it's so much a part of it, that's seen as a mixture. Meaning it's seen as, if it's seen as one entity, right, then it's a mixture. So I, I, I wouldn't say I'm mixing my fruit with my pesticides, but it is one entity because the pesticides are there. So the post do distinguish, if something is really dirty, right, if it's something that you would theoretically eat without washing, let's move the pesticides to the side, but if, if there's a minuscule amount of dirt, which... Many of the fruit and vegetables we're buying nowadays are not that dirty, typically. Um, and it's just a minuscule amount of dirt. Most postgame are lenient to basically say you could rinse it off, even though some dirt's going to fall off. But if it's a minuscule amount, which is not, if your push comes to shove, you would eat this fruit without doing so, then it's okay. Like many people just go ahead, and again, for the pesticides or other things, they're washing off. And even maybe for a little bit of dirt or people touched it or whatever it is, that's, that's not recluding, or even a little bit of dirt. Um, with grapes, it sometimes get a little, gets a little tricky. Uh, but generally, it depends, depends where you buy your grapes, and uh, sometimes they, they have a little bit of stuff um, within them. But generally speaking, if we're just washing them as like an extra, I'll tell you where this comes up um, in a, another example, which will make this clear. Anyone here have a Brita uh, water pitcher? Not so popular anymore. Okay, great. Um, okay, so would you, so, so can you use a Brita water uh, thing? Forget, assuming it's not digital. Now they're all fancy and like uh, go, lights go off. Assuming you have like the old school, old fashioned one uh, where you just pour the water into the top. It does some level of filtering and then you pour out. 
is that borer, right? Because you're basically, you're putting it through a contraption. It's actually much more difficult. You're putting it, right, the whole permissib- permissibility of, 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 of separating is when you do so with hands. Over here, you're putting it through an actual strainer. It could be highly problematic. So why do you, and you're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to use Brita, a Brita filter, why? So there be- are people that don't. There are people that don't, but... Uh, uh, You're always going to find Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. But you're allowed to. Why are you allowed to? Because if you were on a hike and someone gave you a water bottle and said, hey, it's not filtered, but you know, you're very thirsty and want some water, really drink it, of course you'll drink it, right? Bottom line is... It's, it's, it's extra. It's an extra precaution. You want to have filtered water, but push comes to shove. If you're thirsty, you came in you know, from a long walk and someone handed you a glass of water, do you say, did you put this through the Brita filter? No, you'll drink it, right? So the bottom line is, it's permitted. Where they say it's a little more complicated, and maybe it's changed a little bit, is in Israel. And in Israel, like, the water is, you ever look at the bottom of the, like, you could see dirt on the bottom of the water in Israel. Um, so there, um, meaning, you know, pity. So, so, I don't know what it is, but it's not something that you necessarily want to, it's, it's stuff. It's stuff. It's not just water. Um, and so for some, it depends who you are. I, I, I drink the water without a filter in Israel, but you know, my, my, many of my uh, you know, American friends, I remember, would like not in a million years. Like, you put a gun to their head. They're not drinking that stuff. Um, so if you really wouldn't go ahead and drink the water without a Brita filter, it'd be boring. If not, it's so minuscule, it's so little, it doesn't matter. And the same thing, therefore, the same principle applies to fruits. You're allowed to wash fruit, assuming it's not like caked in dirt. Um, you know, the post talked about this much more in earlier years where, you know, you, you brought your fruit and vegetable. It was, it was, they just pulled out of the, you know, Okay. Well, then you have bugs, you have bug issues yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. You have, I would, I would, I would look at that chart for spinach. That's going to be highly problematic. So yeah. So anything again, if you know that it's very dirty, and you know there's or and or you know there's bugs, clean it before Shabbos. If it's something like you know whatever, if it's something which typically is not so dirty, um, then you're allowed to rinse it off on Shabbos. Yes. So the question is, if, it's, if a person's uh, viewpoint is batel birob, this is a dis- discussion if you yourself care about it, no one else does, or not no one, but uh, most people don't. I mean, everybody washes their fruit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> As chata'ayani maskir, if I'm in a rush and I don't want to wash the fruit, I will take a big bite out of an apple and I'm still here to We're tell the story. There's like a third ear growing. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's a different prohibition. It's called gazelle. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, so if a person, the person themselves care uh, d- deeply and they will never touch something if it doesn't have, if it's not removed, would it be a problem? Um, yeah. So there, there is, I'm trying to remember exactly. I think some postcom do make that distinction between pesticides and dirt, but I don't know for sure. I'm going to make a note. I don't want to answer definitively. I'll try to come back to this next week. Yes, sir. Ah, 